What will you learn on today's show? Financial grief and COVID guilt. These sound like woo-woo topics to a lot of people, but they are very real. We're going to talk about financial planning, psychology, guilt, and more with financial expert and host of the So Money Podcast, Farnoosh Tarabi, on today's November 12th version of Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast, coming to you from my mom's half-finished basement in Texarkana, Texas, where you're going to hear workmen outside. I'm Joe Saul Sihai. And I'm Farnoosh Shrabi coming at you from Jersey. <laughs> this is the podcast where Farnoosh and I are going to cover recent stories ripped from the financial press. Today, we've got one for you that comes from the Wall Street Journal. Not only are we going to summarize it like some podcasts, but we'll dive into how it affects your wallet and what you can do to invest, save, pay down debt more effectively and all in 20 minutes or less. Today's show is brought to you by Tiller Money. Keep your financial life on course, easily track your money over time, always know what's safe to spend and confidently plan for the future with spread spreadsheets automated by Tiller Money. Get a free 30-day trial at tillerhq.com forward slash MWF. That's tillerhq.com forward slash MWF. Well, two things. Number one is you might've heard the saws that started the second I hit record going on. Mom's having some work done out in the great room. So you're going to hear that on today's show, but much better than that, you're also going to hear Farnoosh Tarabi on today's show. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Well, you know, I know you had a big night and uh, you just got over. Co are you cured? I'm not cured, but are you are you finished experiencing COVID or has it has it? Have I've been trying left to your body. I've been trying to tell everybody that it's fake news that I was broadcasting with you. And then I found out I had COVID <laughs> completely fake yes. news. It's, it's not only airborne, it is transmitted through the internet. Apparently I didn't, I don't have COVID. I never, I don't think I've ever had COVID. I was actually tested around the time, not long after we recorded as, as in have, be not having it. So it's funny but when every I, time I start getting like every time I start getting a little under the weather, I immediately think, I have COVID. And then I started thinking about all the people that I might have effect infected. I great. It's well, and I, and I feel bad because we have been around nobody. And of course we were just, we, we were just closing on our house and I, I had stayed with friends here the night before, um, the one night in Texarkana, I thought, well, there's one night, it's just two people. And of course I didn't know that I had COVID. Luckily they didn't get it though. They didn't get it. Oh, great. Cheryl hasn't gotten it. Uh, she's been tested wow. since then. She didn't get it. Just, just me. I'm, I'm the lucky dude that got it. Wow. So. Hey, uh, well, I'd love to sit good. and talk about COVID, but we got to talk actually about something that is very serious and people feeling financial guilt, which I, I, mm -hmm. I get, but I did not expect this when you sent this my way. So let's see which one of our friends is going to help us kick off this discussion. Hey, what's good? This is Rich from Paychecks and Balances. We'll supply the coffee. They'll supply the headlines. That's why I'm down with watch and listen to Money with Friends. All right. Today's piece comes to us from the Wall Street Journal. It's written by our friend Veronica Dagger and uh, Amber Burton. I haven't talked to Veronica in a while. Have you? Not in a while. And I understand that her Secrets of Wealthy Women pa podcast just wrapped. It That's just horrible. Of, uh, ended. And I know, and people, people are emailing me like, do you have any other ideas for us, Farnoosh? Because we loved that show. So I have to come up with some other, it was pretty singular and it's, in its, uh, you know, in its quality. 
Yeah, a top financial podcast too. I, mm-hmm. I don't understand that. But uh, Veronica and Amber Burton wrote this piece and it's called Prospering in the Pandemic. Some feel financial guilt and gratitude. I'm just going to read a little bit of it and then we'll summarize and jump into it. Feelings of financial guilt have plagued many prospering in the uneven economic recovery. In some cases, those emotions along with gratitude are changing spending behavior. Some of my clients have expressed feeling of survivor's guilt, wondering why they're doing so well when other aren't, said Sue Peck, a financial planner, Madison, Wisconsin. Last Friday's job report shows the labor market's healing, but the recovery still has a ways to go. The unemployment rate and the 11 million people out of work are still double pre-pandemic levels. The lingering economic pain uncertainty is changing how some people think about their personal finances, some advisors say. Before the pandemic, some may have felt guilty about pricey purchases. Now the feeling spurring some to spend at local businesses or on tips for gig workers. Have you found yourself tipping people more? during the pandemic? Tipping people more, being more charitable and um, being at the very least a lot more thoughtful about what we're putting, where, where we are putting our money. If we are spending, how we're spending it. I wrote an article actually about just, you know, how spending has shifted from really, because I think that over the last seven, eight months, people in the beginning, you didn't spend anything, uh, you know, in the pandemic, you just spent money on the essentials. People weren't going out. There was no need for new clothing. People weren't traveling. And I think that that over time, it affects you. You start to really either miss a lot of the usual things you were doing with your money, or you realize I don't miss, you know, my gym membership or, you know, uh, that very pricey car I was driving that it's just sitting in the garage now. And so I was covering that sort of that side of the equation, but I, I thought this article really added another, a new layer to every, all the emotions that are happening around money in this pandemic. And then of course, uh, as a result of COVID, because this isn't just a typical recession, right? This is a recession driven by people getting sick, really sick. And everyone knows someone, right? Who, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you, you know, someone, you may have had it yourself, right? And you know, the devastation that can come with that you're lucky if it doesn't upend your life, but for many people getting sick, it is um, financial stress. And so if you've been fortunate to keep your job all these months and continue to earn and maybe, you know, invest too, the stock market's been very kind to people over the, except for March, but over like the last seven months, it's been a pretty good run. You could feel a little bad about it, especially if you're, if if a relative has lost his or her job, it's like, how do you have, I've actually, I've had these sidebar conversations with people like, how do you actually talk to your family if you got a raise or you got promoted and it might feel inappropriate to share this? And um, I think it's great what the article points out is that there is a higher sense of gratitude. We know that when you are more grateful for what you have, it actually does lead to more abundance in your life. I know that's woo woo. And you and I are not really on that side of the fence. We don't really like to talk about lighting candles and rubbing jewels to to become richer. But I do think there is. Don't speak for me. Don't speak for me. (laughs) (laughs) I do think there's something to be said about recognizing what you have and being grateful for it, as opposed to focusing on the lack that is in your life. We all have the good and the bad in our lives. And if, you know, I think there's something to be said about when you focus on what you focus on is what it expands. Right. Yes. Um, So I really liked this article. I will say that 
there on the flip side of this, I am also noticing because I hear a lot of people from my my podcast audience writing in and saying, you know, I, I don't feel like it's appropriate to ask for a raise. I feel like it's not appropriate to, you know, tout the fact that I got a promotion. And I, I just want people to not fall victim to this in a way, you know, where they feel less than or less worthy or uh, they don't go for the opportunities that they deserve simply because there is a cloud over everyone's, you know, existence right now. I can see how easy it is, though, Farnoosh. I mean, especially with uh, all the, you know, all the fighting going on in social media. And I'm imagining, especially for people, because we're all to some degree more isolated today than we were this time last year. If you spend your time on social media and all you're seeing is the hurt and the and and headlines and it's negativity, negativity, negativity. I think it's very easy to get trapped in this. What what are we calling it lately? The doom scroll. Right. To just completely get and i think that that fuels this sense of guilt that we have and so maybe step number one is turn that turn that crap off like just turn it off you're hearing a lot more about social detoxing and there was that there's that documentary i haven't seen yet um social the social um Yes, not network, but you know, but I want, you know, I kind of want to see that, but I kind of don't because I feel like I'm probably, you know, guilty. it's going to make an, it's going to make an example out of me. Right. Uh, but for sure, I've started to, at the very least, just um, maybe not unfollow, but just mute certain things that I just think are too negative or even I've, I started to pre pandemic, I was muting things that I thought were just too showing off, you know, like, okay, how everything is perfect in your life. It's so well edited. It's like, this is not real. And I, I, you know, it it got to be a little too much. So yeah, yeah, use your power to mute. Well, um, uh, uh, it's funny because when we talk about uh, uh, spending, Bobby and Elizabeth Sagrin from Fast Company earlier this week, we're talking about people um, uh, doing guilty spending. And this piece also talks a little bit about, I feel so much guilt that I'm online just just buying stuff or not buying stuff. In fact, Tracy's here uh, hanging out with us as we make the podcast live. Tracy says, my family and I are talking about people still spending like crazy, not hearing much about how those are really hurting. It's sort of odd. I also don't watch news. Maybe there's a, maybe there's a correlation. Maybe, maybe there is a correlation, but I, but I find for news, people are spending in a little bit different ways. I definitely, I'm not a retail therapy kind of guy. And I've had in the last two weeks, little, little retail therapy. Like I have, I've gone out late at night and bought a couple board games that I totally didn't need, may not get played anytime soon. Just made me feel a little better. Yeah, there's somebody who said that dopamine uh, hit is real when we shop and people's emotions are running high. I think there's also been a bit of pent up spending demand where maybe you didn't spend in the spring and summer because of so much uncertainty. You didn't know if you were going to have a job locked in. And now with the holidays, this is remember, we're entering what is traditionally always a high spending season. And then you add to that this additional layer of whether that's pent up demand or nostalgia that some people are feeling yeah. or worry about, oh, gosh, if I'm going to be home and stuck at home for the entire month of December because COVID levels are ramping up again, I'm going to I want to equip myself with those board games. That was and totally with, me. Yeah, we yes. bought a freezer. I mean, that's partly because we're now suburbanites, but we bought an additional freezer because I 
don't want to go out and grocery shop as much as I, if I can avoid that. Right. right. So I want to stock up on stuff. And I feel like for um, a couple gonna- money geeks, there's like a frozen assets joke there somewhere, but I'm not getting <laughs> it. <laughs> like there's some joke. It's like right here and I'm not quite there. Yeah. I bought the freezer to freeze my credit cards. I don't know. The Did irony. you ever do that? No, no. No. Oh, I was, I, I was horrible with money back in the day. And that was no. my first trick. My first trick was freezing my credit card. And I have to tell you, I felt so, cause I totally did this. I had the hairdryer out on the kitchen counter and I was, well, I was trying to get in this block of ice because I wanted to, and I, and I had to break the habit. I had to break the chain. Well, you can't do that anymore because I haven't actually used a plastic piece of credit card. I always use my phone to pay or I, everything is online. So, you know, I have all my credit card numbers memorized at this point. Yes. Even the three digit access code, like it's wow. bad. Um, you are a ninja. I'm a credit card ninja. So I... So today that wouldn't really work because you'd st- you still have so many um, <laughs> access points <Yeah. laughs> to using your credit card. I guess that's a great thing about being an old guy was, was I went through my problems back in the day when you didn't have any, you didn't have yeah. any, any of those things. But, but I will tell you this, mm-hmm. getting back to this piece is that I did feel some guilt after I bought those board games. I felt like, really, I'm, I'm out here just wasting money on these things that I really don't need. And there's 11 million people that don't even have a job. And, and I feel like to some degree, and people listening can't hear this, but I'm doing that money thing with my hands where you're just right, but, taking money. You know, not to sound like a capitalist, but you're supporting the economy, you know? And if you believe in a trickle down impact, you know, you're, you're helping. And so what the article pointed out was like, if you are gonna spend, support the small business because that person running that business is independent. They've got staff. There's, you know, you you can almost see and feel the impact a lot more than like shopping on at the big box stores. And I, I like that. I like that approach. My friend and I were talking about how we could turn Black Friday into an actual Black Friday where you support uh, POC businesses, um, run businesses and actually like put your money towards, uh, the minority owned businesses, uh, because that could I mean, imagine that that could really make a difference. Absolutely. Shine a spotlight on those businesses. That's fantastic. In just a moment, uh, Farnoosh and I are going to have our takeaways from today's discussion. But first, I want to say a big thanks to everybody who's used our link when they've went to check out Tiller Money, when they've went, when they've gone, when they be going to. I, I, the, the <laughs> syntax is eluding me today. But I use Tiller Money because it's spreadsheet-based. And even though I am a money geek, I'm not a spreadsheet guy. But I'll tell you the thing I like about Tiller is that I've used quite a few financial apps. I really like FinTech. In fact, Farnoosh and I are going to have a discussion about fintech tomorrow and sometimes fintech blowing up. But I've used things, I've used a few different apps and they always have downsides, things that I don't like that I got to kind of work around. Well, with Tiller, I just hit delete because it's all a template that somebody else created. I delete the parts that I don't like. I can add in more, by the way, I never do because I want it fast. I want it quick. I want just basic data. But if you're a true money nerd, the way over my head, and you want all kinds of data, you can also do that with Tiller Money. You'll get a free 30-day trial to check it out. And also every day, 
automatically all of your financial transactions from everywhere very safely and securely go into your spreadsheet, something that you can't do if you just go build your own spreadsheet. So check it out, tillerhq.com forward slash MWF. That's tillerhq.com forward slash MWF. What's our big takeaway here about financial guilt today, Farnoosh? Well, I think that like any emotion that we feel around money and we have a lot of feels when it comes to money, it's important to recognize it and not brush it aside. I think that too often we tell people like ignore your feelings, be rational. Um, But I I think in this case, this can be a real interesting exploration, self-exploration. Like if you are feeling guilty, why is that? And what can you do to make this a better ending. You know, like if you are feeling guilt, you're not alone. There's an article in the wall street journal about it. This is a trend. Um, but you know, you shouldn't downplay your success. How can you leverage your success to help others? Like how can you make yourself not feel guilty? Right. Um, I think that's always the opportunity with our emotions. If you're feeling scared, how can you not feel scared? Like use that as a prompt to go then do the thing that's going to make you feel better. I love that idea. I'm, I'm right now reading Stephen Pressfield's The War of Art. I'm, I'm way late to this book. I know a lot of people have, especially in the creative community, have read that. Have you read that book? No. No? It's, it's, I, it's like this huge thing. And he talks about resistance and about, uh, but, but one thing, he, a point that he just made that you pointed out was, was about being rational. We expect that we're rational. We hear about efficient markets and people being rational. He says, you know what? If people were actually rational, we wouldn't do half the stuff we do. We'd right. all have written best-selling novels already. We would have done all those huge things that we have going on in our head that we'd never gotten to. We're not rational at all. And I think think understanding that we're not rational and getting between our ears and, and to your point saying that it's, it's okay to feel, to feel, uh, to, to feel the feeling I think is a, is a good thing. Uh, sometimes I think Farnoosh and not to belabor this point too much, but some, for some people out there, the way that this piece read, some people feeling tremendous guilt, maybe it even means going to get some help, just going to talk to somebody. Absolutely. I think that depending on the level of guilt that you're feeling, maybe there's more to unpack and you would benefit from working with a professional. We know that in in the financial advice space, there's people who also have therapy licenses. So you get kind of both, uh, you know, types of support in one person. I know, for example, Brad Klontz is a, is a well-known financial therapist. Um, Amanda Clayman is another well-known financial therapist. It's a much, it's a very fast growing field for this reason because yeah. we're emotional humans and then add add money to the equation and it's like a lot yeah. of feelings you can go back by the way to last season's episode brad klontz joined us last season such a funny guy by the way i mean so go so cool i like brad a lot <laughs> he's so great hey speaking of TikTok. great i know any he's on tiktok any behavioral economist who does tiktok what do you think about TikTok? I uh, I don't. As a I financial, actually, I just like I just don't. I I, I haven't. I don't think about it either. I've already. I've got fifteen. Th- I'm I'm trying to keep up with just. I, I can't even create Instagram stuff. I'm trying to keep up with Farnoosh's Instagram. Just reading Farnoosh's Instagram keeps and, me. Well, we all keep each other keeping up because I try to keep up with everything you're doing. So it's good. Let's just keep each other accountable on the platforms that we're currently on and not add more to the mix. Because Amen. That would just. That would kill me. I don't need five more platforms. I don't know how I do it. (laughs) Uh, Hey, speaking of great, I heard that you have this phenomenal podcast. I had no idea. There's this great, apparently it's called So Money. It's like mentioned everywhere as a top podcast. How did I miss it? 
I don't know. Maybe you've been spending too much time with your mom. So. It's great going great. Thank you. We're on, I think I just recorded episode like 1120. Yes. 1120. But also I should say it's been six years. So, you know, time helps, but you know, and you were great. five days a week for a while. I seven, you and were then seven five, days and now three, my husband's like, maybe you should go down to two. I'm like, no, that's, that's really, that's really slacking off. I can't, I can't. And also what would you I really do with all that free time. I, I mean, know, right? you're only a mother of what? Two kids, two kids you're juggling and... all this crazy stuff. I see yeah. you everywhere. I mean, what, what would you do with the free time of only doing a podcast two days a week? I don't know, but I'll tell you one thing when this pandemic's over and we are back to resuming normalcy where the kids can actually go to school and we can, you know, get on a train to work or whatever. I, I don't know what I'm going to do with my time then because, you know, it's been things have not really slowed down on the work front amidst all of this. I'm very fortunate, although there were like some quiet months there in the middle, but um, things seem to be picking back up and it's, it's hard. I will say, you know, like I, I was trying to have a conversation with my husband at dinner the other night and uh, as usual, one of the kids interrupts and I look over to my son and I'm like, can I please talk to your dad? I haven't talked to him in a year because <laughs> it was kind of true. <laughs> like, we're not really talking about anything important, but I just kind of want to talk to another adult. You're like, hello, I'm Farnoosh. Nice to meet you. <laughs> yes. yes. We got married eight years ago. Do you I've remember been, that? I know you looked familiar. I knew yeah. you looked familiar. Yes. I heard some noise up there. I didn't know who was up there. <laughs> you know what I do with all that time on the train that you're going to have, Farnoosh? I'd listen to so many podcasts. Thank you. And you know what's cool? Is just, it's available uh, everywhere. It's available where finer podcasts is. are. I just interviewed Robert Herjavec from the Shark Tank. Wow, you have cool. him on your show. Yeah, he's doing a bit of promotion around um, one of, like, he's working with a, a corporate gifting company. But, you know, he also stayed to talk about so many other things, including some of the business opportunities he sees in the market right now. I also asked him, like, why are you so nice? You're the most consistently nice shark on shark tank but that's what but, where does but, that but, come but, from but wait a minute though i want to ask you something because you and i have this get this rare opportunity where we get to see people behind the scenes and i will tell you without because it, it isn't nice to name names but there are people that come across as the flip it and you know some of these people i'm talking about for news come across as the nicest people and you know behind the scenes they're not at all. And there's other people who come across kind of as cold and then the camera turns off and for whatever reason, they turn it on and they're phenomenal. Right. Yeah. Um, the camera does weird things to people. Yeah. Is but, he really um, though? Is he really before, before you turn on the microphone, was he really still that nice guy that we all think? Yes. And in fact, this particular episode, I just started hitting, I hit record before I officially was recording, you know, before I like was like, hi, Robert, welcome to the show. And he was so nice to me. We had a, he had some technical issues, uh, ironically, because he runs a tech conglomerate, but he had some tech issues getting on the podcast. He was super gracious about it. He addressed me by my first name, which, you know, there's little things that go a long way. And he asked me, he asked me questions. And, you know, it's just, I, I don't think you can fake that stuff. No. Um, it was, it, yeah. And he was super humble and I could hear kids in the background. Like he's just like us. 
But he's did he have like, buzz saws going in the background? Because that's what the cool people have. <laughs> I think he had a toddler in the background, which I don't know what's worse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, toddlers are cute and everything, and we like toddlers. But, I will like, take the buzz saw, Farnoosh, because that guy's going away in about two hours. So, yeah, the toddler's not. No, there around. we go. Hey, Farnoosh and I are back tomorrow with another episode of Money with Friends. We're talking about uh, some bad news from a financial app that a lot of people have trusted. What do you do with your money? We'll let you know tomorrow on Money with Friends. Show's created and hosted by us, Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and it's edited and produced by Ashley Wall. Money with Friends is a product of Money with Friends LLC, copyright 2020. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast and links to the stories discussed, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at moneyfriendspod on both Instagram and Twitter. Look out for our polls and quizzes. You could get a shout out on the show. We're well worth following. We promise. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other videos or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor. These people on this episode, they're here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Bobby. I'm Joe. We'll see you here back next time with another episode of Money with Friends. Bam, nailed it.